Welcome, my fellow patriots, to the Patriot Lessons American History and Civics Podcast, where we renew the spirit of America by learning about what makes America the greatest nation in world history, including our founding first principles, key documents and speeches, founding fathers and other great patriots, and flags and other key symbols of America. I am Oakland County Circuit Court Judge Michael Warren, co-creator of Patriot Week, constitutional law professor at Western Michigan University Cooley Law School, and I was just named Judge of the Decade by the International Association of Top Professionals. Pretty cool if I have to say so myself. This episode goes to the heart of the American experiment in self-government. We are the most unique country in human history because we were the first to actually lay out in writing our origins, purpose, and underlying founding first principles. I'm talking about, of course, the Declaration of Independence. As a former member of the State Board of Education in Michigan, I understand how little our public schools nationwide teach about the Declaration of Independence. This is quite concerning. The whole point of public education was twofold. First, to teach students about how to read, so they could read scripture and be saved, and second, to learn about American history, our Declaration of Independence, Constitution, and American civics. Many of our founding fathers believed that a republic could only survive if the people were virtuous and only if they truly understood world history and our Constitution. Unfortunately, both of these purposes have been overshadowed or denigrated. The functional illiteracy rate in our country is way too high, and American history and civics is relegated to the back burner of our educational priorities. Studies upon studies reveal that our K-12 students, college students, and general public struggle with just the very basics of American history and civics. For example, less than 50% of the people can now identify the three branches of government. This should not be too hard. We have a legislative, an executive, and a judicial branch. More pertinent to this episode, it is clear that most students have not been taught much about the Declaration of Independence and remember even less. I've tried over 350 jury trials and I usually begin by reciting the second paragraph of the Declaration. You know the one that starts with, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And it often takes jurors three or four guesses before they can identify the source of these magnificent words. When I asked them how many were required to actually read the entire Declaration of Independence in school, usually about 20% or less raised their hands. No wonder we don't understand it. Today I'm going to take a few minutes and recite the entire Declaration of Independence for you. If you've never heard it before, now is the opportunity to learn about it. My guess is that even if you read it in school, it's been many years since you've heard it. My family has a tradition of reading the entire Declaration of Independence each Independence Day. That's July 4th, in case you're trying to figure out what that means. We usually have a big bash, and each attendee is required to read a sentence. So it passes around, and it's a lot of fun, but also a great learning experience. But now you'll have this episode to be available for you at any time, anywhere, to review the Declaration of Independence. And trust me, you can never get too much to the Declaration. Now, I won't be stopping to comment on the text or try to dissect it. That is for future episodes. And don't worry, we will dive deeply into every sentence. So buckle up your seatbelts and listen to some of the most profound words ever written in human history. 
When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands that have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitles them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that when any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation in such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future safety. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all which have in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions and the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasions from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migration hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislature. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. 
He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislature and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince, whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in our attention to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow those usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of right, ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they shall have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all the other acts and things which independent states may of right do 
As for the support of this Constitution, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. John Hancock from New Hampshire, Josiah Bartlett, William Whipple, Matthew Thornton, Massachusetts Bay, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Aldridge Jerry, Robert Treat Payne, Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery, Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Wolcott, New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris, New Jersey, Richard Stockton, Jonah Witherspoon, Francis Hopkinson, John Hart, Abraham Clark, Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, Jason Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross, Delaware, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas McKean, Maryland, Samuel Chase, William Paca, Thomas Stone, Charles Carlton of Carlton, Virginia, George Wythe, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Thomas Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton, North Carolina, William Hooper, Joseph Hughes, John Penn, South Carolina, Edward Rutledge, Thomas Hayward Jr., Arthur Middleton, Thomas Lynch Jr., Georgia, Button Gwinnett, Lyman Hall, George Walton. And now that you've heard the Declaration, join us for future episodes about its historical context, philosophical meaning, and why it was so revolutionary in the course of human events and today as well. To learn more about our Declaration of Independence, Constitution, American History and Civics, please subscribe to our podcast. Also visit PatriotWeek.org. Patriot Week was started by my then 10-year-old daughter when she pounded on the table and demanded a new celebration for America. We are now nationwide, recently been recognized by the United States Senate in a unanimous resolution, and we really can use your help. You can follow us on Twitter at Patriot Week, on Facebook on our group page, and on Instagram at Patriot Week 1776. If, again, if you're interested in becoming involved in this grassroots effort or have any questions or comments about this podcast or Patriot Week in general, please send us a message on the social media platforms I've mentioned or connect with me directly at mwarren at patriotweek.org. That's M-W-A-R-R-E-N at patriotweek.org. Also consider my book, America's Survival Guide, How to Stop America's Impending Suicide by Reclaiming Our First Principles in History by visiting americasurvivalguide.com. Amazon, or any other online retailer. Until next time, God bless you, and God bless America.